Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I am so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the absolute full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. Now, wherever you are right now, whether you're in your car or on a walk or making dinner, I want you to stop and raise your hand if you've ever asked this question. God, what do you want me to do with my life? Now, listen, I'm pretty sure we've all wrestled with this question a time or 20. I know I have. We want to do work we care about. We want to do work that's meaningful and impactful and work we enjoy. We know that we're only given one wild and precious life, and we want to spend it well, making a difference in the world. We know that God created us on purpose and for a purpose, and we don't want to miss out on that purpose, right? Anyone else know what I'm talking about here? And while some of us easily find ourselves in jobs and situations that feel like just the right fit, I think most of us spend a lot of time fumbling around in the dark, and that can be so hard, so confusing, and actually really painful. And that's why I'm so excited about today's episode. Our guest for today's episode is Jamie Ivey. Jamie is an author and the host of the amazing Happy Hour podcast. And today she's going to help us navigate this question in our lives. She's going to help us know what God in his word calls all of us to do as followers of Jesus, how to figure out what we're good at and what unique gifts God has given us, how to know where God is leading and how to hear from him, how to avoid missing out on our calling in life, and so much more. But before we dive in... Speaking of hearing from God, if you are looking for a book to read during your quiet, restful times, a way of connecting more deeply with God, I have a resource I would love to share with you. It's called the Lipstick Gospel Devotional, and it's a 90-day devotional to help you consistently connect with God, hearing from Him, trusting His plans, and feeling His presence in your everyday life. In this devotional, we talk about how to consistently spend time with God and how to feel connected to Him well beyond your morning quiet times how to step into your God-given identity, feeling truly beautiful and good enough in your skin, how to keep your faith strong in the midst of transition, uncertainty, and really hard days, how to trust the plans God has for your life and how to figure out what those plans are, and that's just the beginning. Friends, if you are looking for a way to grow in your faith these days, I would love to share this with you. To pick up a copy, you can either go to smaywilsonshop.com or you can click the link in my Instagram profile. I'm at smaywilson over on Instagram. Okay, with that said, let's dive into my conversation with Jamie. Okay, friends, I'm so excited for who I get to introduce you to today. Well, actually, reintroduce to you. I'm sitting here with my friend Jamie Ivey, who has been on the show before, but uh, it was just like way too long ago. I I mean, I'm trying to remember when it was. I think it might have been like maybe a year ago, maybe two years ago. It was right after your first book came out. Oh my gosh, that was in 2018. So it's almost been two and a half years since that book came out. That is crazy. so crazy. I feel like so much life has happened since then. Yeah, I feel like so much life has happened since March. Let's be honest. <laughs> That's, true. That's true. We have lived lifetimes in the last we have, like, three we months. Have. Well, okay. So Jamie, for women who don't know you yet, can you tell us who you are, what you do, and a fun fact about yourself? Yes. So my name is Jamie Ivy, and I live in Austin, Texas with my husband, Aaron, who's a pastor at our church. We have four kids who, I don't know when this is airing, but we're starting school virtually in just a few days. And we're just trying to figure out life with that and everything. But they are, I have a junior, I have two freshmen, and I have a seventh grader. So we're full on teenager mode around here, which I love most days. 
<laughs> and frustrated some days, but it's it's good. Um, and so I have a podcast called The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy, and um, author and speaker, and that's what I do and who I am. Yeah. Oh, fun fact. Okay, this is always hard because I'm like, who actually cares about some of my fun facts? But because you know, you're trying to think of like, okay, what is actually something that would be a fun fact? Yeah, like, uh, actually fun. They're really hard to think of. Just so you guys know, listening, like if you're ever thinking, I would be so on the spot. Like if someone asked me for a fun fact, I would automatically have my brain just wiped of anything fun ever. I send these in advance to people. So they have yeah. some time and then you stuff. still have to go, wait, what's fun fact about me? You know? Yes. Um, okay. So here's a fun fact that some people might not know. You might not, you might know this, you might know this, but maybe not. In 2011, I auditioned for a radio show DJ, like on air morning show host. I had never done a podcast. I'd never spoken into a microphone and I randomly, not randomly, I, I wanted to do it. I just thought this will be fun. I sent an audition tape and I ended up weeks later winning. And so I won a job as a radio show host. That's kind of fun fact. That is a really fun fact. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. so fun. How long did you do it for? I was there for four months and I would have been there as long as forever because I loved it. It was like, it was like, oh my gosh, this is an amazing job, a fun career. But our longest story ever, three of my kids joined our family through adoption. And at that point, when I won, two of them had only been home for about a year and I just needed to be home. And I figured that out after four months of being at work. And so I quit to stay home with my kids. Which, listen, that was hard and crazy and I felt really sad and frustrated at God and all the things that I would win and then have to quit and lay it all down. But God is so good and kind and knows all things. And I've been podcasting for six and a half years and love it even more than working at a radio station. So oh, that's awesome. I love that. I um, I don't know. You might know this about me, but uh, I studied journalism in college and that was like my thing. Broadcast news was my calling, my career. Every, I mean, I thought about it, worked towards it constantly. I mean, it was my thing. And I had jobs lined up. I had done tons of internships and I was ready to go. And again, long story short, I had to lay it down and I was mm. so mad at God. And it felt like the worst, like it felt like a breakup, you know, like yeah. I, I just have loved this thing forever. And then all of a sudden, it was sort of taken from me, but God is so cool that he, the things that he, like the things he plants in our hearts, even if it's not time to, I don't know, I'm getting myself in trouble because I don't know anything about farming, but like, <laughs> if, like if, if, um, it's not time to harvest that in that exact way. Like he doesn't waste anything. And I love my job. I feel like my job is so much of what I studied and fell in love with in college now. And I love it more than I know that I would working at a TV mm. station. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thankful for that whole season and time and what it did for me. Uh, and just the fact that, I mean, for me personally, just, you, I just jumped at something and that's a little bit, not hundred percent my personality. So I'm like, Oh, way to go, Jamie. That was good. That's so cool. I love it. Well, I'm glad that I'm, I love that fun fact because it totally leads into what we're talking about today. <laughs> You have a new book called UBU, Why Satisfaction and Success Are Closer Than You Think. And we're going to be talking all about calling today and like how to figure out what God wants from us and like what we're meant to do in the world. And so before we get into all of that, can you tell us about the book and like what inspired it? Yes. This book, UBU, was really kind of birthed from 
me hearing a lot of women and even myself experiencing this at some time in my life, maybe even, you know, now or in the past, I think I fight it a lot better now of this whole idea of looking around and thinking that somebody else has it better. Like, I don't know if you've ever done this, Stephanie, but (laughs) yes, I have. And I have a small suspicion most of our listeners have done that as well. But this idea of looking around going, okay, why does she have all the good gifts? Or why does her voice matter? Why is her influence better? Why is her family better? Why is fill in the blank of this better? And I saw women just striving and striving to be someone else like whatever they thought that was, instead of this idea of sitting back and going, okay, God, you created me and crafted me as me. And you gave me gifts and talents and and calling, like you said, we're going to talk about, you planted all of these in me. And I want to then trust you with them that they matter and not always wanting to be someone else. And so that's kind of where it birthed. And, you know, this whole idea of blooming where you're planted, that's, that actually, Side note, books take on a life of their own when you're writing them. So for me, when I write books, I'm not an expert. It's my second book I've ever written. But when I write the past two books I've written, I start with like this idea and this title. And mine for this one was Bloom Where You're Planted, like grow and do what God's called you to do right where he's planted you. And so that has that kind of morphed into what you see today, which is UBU. But the whole book takes on this idea of A, like being faithful to what God's called you to do, using your voice, using your gifts, fighting comparison, which I have to fight that all the time. And I have a small suspicion I will until the day I die, fighting to be content, looking at tragedy and disappointments and hard things in my life and going, okay, God is not done with me. Um, and then being faithful to what God's called me to do. So that is the summary of UBU. And I'm I'm so excited for it because I've worked through all of these messages and these ideas on my own. And I think I'll still work through a lot of them, Stephanie, but it's just this big encouragement to women that God created you with a purpose. So step in it, own it and do it. I love that. And I'm super grateful that you, A, did this work and then B, wrote it all down so that <laughs> you could help us get through it too. Because yeah, I mean, you're you're totally speaking my language. I've felt all of those things. And if there's anyone listening who hasn't, like you write a book too, because like, how did you right. get around that? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I think that when we hear, when we think about the word calling and when we hear that, that like God has created us for a purpose, he crafted us uniquely and he's given us unique gifts. Like we want that to be true. And I think, you know, we want, we want that to be true because we want our time on earth to matter. You know, we want to make a difference with our lives. I think all of us do. And then I know for me, this is sort of maybe a little more kind of on the selfish side, but I have a really big fear of spending my life doing meaningless work that I don't like. Like that is you know, somehow I trip and I end up doing not only work that doesn't mean anything, but work that I don't even enjoy. Mm. And I think that when we think about calling, that feels like, like knowing your calling and stepping into your calling, even on days when it isn't easy, that feels like an integral piece of like a meaningful, purposeful life. And so I have a million questions to ask you about calling. But first, I know that we have some like general calling, like we all have some general callings from God. Is that right? Like, can you, what are... Are, yeah. We're talking about calling in yeah. general. What does God say? 
Yeah. So I, when I read the scriptures, what I see is, you know, Jesus, when he left, like his final words before he ascended into heaven, he looks and he says, you know, go and make disciples. That's what he's telling his people to do. Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And so this is what we see here is that Jesus is telling his disciples to do, which in turn is for us, like, this is what God wants us to do. He wants us to to make disciples. He wants us to make him known. Other times in scripture, I see where Jesus talks about, and he says uh, in you know his famous sermon, he says, you're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. And then this is my favorite part of the verse. It says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your father in heaven. So when I think about, okay, these callings that we have on our life as Christ followers is to make him known and bring him glory. So when we're making disciples, we are making God known. We are telling people. And then when we do good works, we use our gifts, our talents, our voices, our influence. They're not for us. It's not to build our own little kingdoms up. It's to give glory to God. And so, you know, a lot of, we'll talk about calling today. And a lot of people think, I need to know, what am I called to? What is my calling in life? And I think we can just get out of the way that as followers of Jesus, we are here to make him known by making disciples and give him glory. And so those there's what I classify in my book as our main calling as followers of Jesus. So then when we get in the weeds about like, okay, what is my specific calling? It doesn't take away from make him known and give him glory. Like that is the like, that's the, you know, that's it. That's That doesn't change ever, no matter what you do with your life. That makes a lot of sense. And it, I think that that just brings some freedom of like, I mean, and we'll talk about this in a minute too, but I think we're all afraid we're going to miss it. You know, like right. oh, I'm going to mm-hmm. get through my life and I'm going to miss it. And it's like, if worst case scenario, you get through life and and never fully like tap into your specific gifts or never really find a job that you really like thrive in work-wise. Okay, you still are like, hitting the nail on the head if your focus is making disciples and bringing Mm -hmm. God glory. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes when people are looking for their specific calling and you, you know, you said a fear that you have that I think a lot of us have is, am I going to get to the end and realize I wasted so much of my life on something that didn't matter? I mean, I think about that all the time, but I think also when we're trying to figure out what, what am I specifically called to? What does that look like? I think we have to also be really super smart and intentional with not giving other things in life, a heavier weight on them. You know, I, I mean, I don't want to miss scripture that like leaders and teachers, like, you know, God is holding them to a really high standard with what they're doing. But what we can do sometimes as well is go like, okay, so I, I need to find my calling. I need to know what it is. Cause I want, I don't want to get to the end of my life and think I, I wasted my time on something that didn't matter and something I didn't love. But I think we, we don't really say this out loud, but in our hearts, we think, okay, please God, let my calling be the same as hers because her job looks amazing. And that's a lot of fun. And I would love to do that. And then what if God calls you to work in an area that doesn't get all the, the, you know, the, the spotlight and no one's talking about it, that doesn't make that calling any less valuable or any less important for you. So we also have to like retrain our brains to not give more value to specific to specific things or else, honestly, Stephanie, people could be walking in their calling, but then they could be discontent or they could be comparing because they think it's not as good as what someone else is. I think that is a fear for me is that I would 
be doing what God asked me to do, but I wouldn't like it, enjoy it, or think it has value because it doesn't look like someone else's. That to me is a big fear and a big problem, which is a, why I wrote this book as well. Okay. So like, we have to stop there. So what do we do about that? Because I think that's so real, like looking around and going, well, that calling clearly looks better than this calling, you know, or like, how do we get around that? The idea of being where God has us, but, but being, you know, not like not being content in it because we're looking around mm-hmm. at everybody else's. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's that, it's that comparison idea that we're always looking around thinking that someone has it better or sometimes on the opposite of that is thinking that we're better. Like at least I'm not as bad as her, or at least I'm not struggling through that, or at least my job or my calling or my kids or my family or my life look like this. And so it's the idea of really digging in and trusting God, where you have for me is where I'm supposed to be. And I'm not going to look to the right or look to the left. I'm going to run that race that you put before me, no matter who says it's better or worse or glory. And listen, everything I'm saying is is hard work. This is not like you're going to read a book, not my book, somebody else's book. And you're going to be like, listen, I will never struggle with this again, because I think we will always struggle with this. And so we have to always know and be willing to fight it through God's word, through believing what he says about us to be true, through surrounding ourselves with people who are going to speak truth to us and not just be yes people to us. But, you know, uh, this just not comparing one calling over the other. And you know what? I just thought about this. This literally just popped into my head. I think we need to maybe practice celebrating other people better. And again, I'm a verbal processor and I should never do that in an interview, but here we go. Okay. I was (laughs) just having a thought. Like, what if I thought that someone's, you know, quote unquote calling job where God's called them. What if in my, my most sinful heart place, I actually did think that calling was less than mine. I mean, let's just be honest and vulnerable. We've all done that before. That's the whole problem, you know? And so what if I actually did that? And I made a mental note and I was like, God, please change my heart. Please forgive me. And then I made a mental note. Every time I see someone who is doing that job or walking it out, I'm going to go out of my way to celebrate them. I think that would help change our heart with comparison a little bit because we do on the flip side, we do it like, like I'll speak to you because I think this is something you can speak to people who are trying to have a baby and their body's not cooperating, you can find yourself envying and comparing and thinking God forgot you, they have it better, all the things that are common to us because we're human. But you know, people have, I'm sure people have said this to you before, and it's way easier said than done for you to look at your friends as they become pregnant one after another, after another, and you're still waiting. But to have a heart that says, I'm going to celebrate you, even if I'm really struggling because I want what you have. Like that changes the posture of our heart. And so I'm wondering if we could do that even on the opposite side of celebrating those gifts that the world or the church doesn't always acknowledge. But what if we became people that said, we're going to celebrate them all. I think that would help people not to live in so much comparison. I feel like I've done that a little bit with beauty. Like I had this, so, and this is like a really half-formed thought. So if it doesn't make sense, you guys just forgive me, but I just gave you two minutes of half-formed thoughts. So we're good here. (laughs) (laughs) You guys welcome. Feel free to send us your half-formed thoughts too. Um, So I had this realization a while ago that beauty isn't linear. Like for the longest time, 
I really felt like, okay, she's more beautiful than her. And then that girl's more beautiful than both of them. And we all fit somewhere on this continuum. And, and not only do we fit on this continuum, but it matters. So, but I, I remember I was sitting in a circle, which that might have been helpful um, to the process. And I'm looking around the circle at all these different women and thinking, oh my gosh, they are all so beautiful and they look so different from each other. And none of them, like we're talking about apples and oranges and like, I don't know, dictionaries here. You know, it's yeah. like, they're just not even, they're not even, comp- how do you compare something like that? Because everyone looks so different. And something just kind of started to change in my heart. And I feel like I've been sort of stoking the fire ever since of really celebrating like how beautiful, like recognizing and celebrating other women's beauty. And when I can do that and recognize that I'm looking at women who aren't, you know, fill in the stats of what perfect looks like in my head and culturally and that day and whatever, like I'm looking at women who look like all different kinds of ways and seeing such beauty in them it helps me see more beauty in like, it helps me not compare or like not set myself up on that continuum either. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It makes perfect sense. I had a guest one time, her name's Andrea Holman. She came on my show and talked about the standard of beauty that we have. She was talking about within the church and how we will elevate people who have certain looks or elevate this. And she talked about how, what if we became women who complimented someone not on anything about their looks, but all about their character. And I thought Mm -hmm. that will change conversations and ideas when you're not looking like, oh my gosh, have you lost five pounds? Or your skin looks awesome. Or I love the way you're doing your hair or what else. But it was complimenting women on their character traits. When we had that conversation, I've never stopped thinking about it. And it's on the line of what you're just saying as well. Yeah. Yeah. Just like seeing the seeing the goodness in other people's things, whatever the thing is, Mm -hmm. and it helps you recognize it more in yourself. Well, so do you think then that like we, you know, we have this general calling for all of us, but do you think God has specific callings for each of us? And like, if so, how do we figure out what that is? Oh, that's the question of the hour, right? Right. (laughs) Um, I think that you could change the word calling out with a lot of things. Do do I think that God has specific plans for each of us? Yes. Like I really do. I think like his scripture that he has, he has planned, he knows the days before you know them. He has placed us in certain places. Like it's not an accident that you are, were born where you born or live in the community you live. Like I believe that God is sovereign and over all those things. I think put into that calling is God has gifted each of us individually with different talents, with different amounts of influence, with different amounts of power, with different uh, voices. And I don't just mean how we sound, but the things that we talk about, the things that we say, the things that we care about. Um, You know, I know my, my friend Rebecca Lyons said that calling is where, calling is where your talents and your burdens collide. And I have another friend that uh, says the need is the call. And I love that he says that because he's like, look around. Like this is where, you know, this conversation that you and I are having so many times we stop and we're like, what's my calling? What's my calling? I got to know. What am I here for? And my friend that says the need is the call. His point in that is like, look around. Like what are the needs around you in your community, in your church, in your family, in your city, in your state, in your world? Like you see a need that just might be your calling if you're the one that can step into that. And so, yes, I do believe that God has specific things for each of us to do. I think figuring that out is what, you know, we all want to know, like, okay, I want to see the writing on the wall. Like, is there in scripture where I can actually figure out, or is it somehow related to my Enneagram number? Like, what is my calling? 
to me, Stephanie, personally, I think it is a matter of just walking faithfully to what God puts in front of you. Hmm. I'll give you an example real quick from my own personal life. There was a couple of years ago when I really started feeling like I, everything that I do revolves around Christian women. I have a faith-based podcast that 99.9% of my listeners are Christian women. I write faith-based books. You know, I write books about faith and Christianity. Uh, My husband's a pastor. I just started to feel like I need to kind of branch out a little bit. And so I started praying like, God, I'm, I, I need, do you see here, like I'm really wanting to do something different, not a career change, but I just felt a little suffocated a little bit in the faith world. And again, I, I, I love Jesus. I love church. I love all those things. And it was a couple of weeks later after I was praying that, that I got a call from a, a friend that I knew already. Uh, from an or- another organization that I used to volunteer with here in town. And she said, hey, this is so random and out of the blue, but we're about to start a prison ministry to the county jail here. Would you be interested in it? She said, can you pray about it and think about it? And I immediately told her like, I don't need to pray about this. I've been praying about this for three weeks and you just came in and told me what I was praying for. And I always think about that because my time that I served there at the county jail is about three years. Some of my favorite volunteer work I've ever done in my entire life. And I would have never, ever said or read or observed or thought, I think that God is going to call me into doing ministry in jail. Like I just, I don't know where that would have come from, but I was just like faithfully living my life, walking it out. Someone called me and I spent the next three years every week volunteering there. Does that make sense about how I wasn't like, searching out for that. I was just being faithful to what God had right in front of me. And he opened up the doors and led me there. Yes, that makes total sense. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. (laughs) 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book, and while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there, and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me, and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing, that is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, this is easier said than done, and that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash friendship. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I feel like sometimes life is like a kind of choose-your-own-adventure book. Like, when you're standing at, you know, square one, you have two doors available to you. And you have to pick one of the doors to walk through. You only have those two, though. And, and it's not until you walk through one of those doors that three other doors open and those three doors were not available to you before you'd walked through that one. Like there are just so many opportunities and chances and like things I've learned about myself that I like or that I'm good at or whatever that I had to like walk through a couple doors to learn first. And yeah. I, I think that that's like important because I think a lot of times when it comes to our calling, we're just sitting still and waiting for God to like drop a sticky note in our lap that tells us exactly mm -hmm. what we're meant to do. And I think that we have to walk through some doors and like walk for a while and say some random yeses that feel random, but like they're not because he's amazing and purposeful like that before yeah. we can really get to see more of the big picture. Yeah. And it's, it's hard too. I mean, there's a story in my book about, you know, a handful of seasons ago, 
we, Aaron, my husband, Aaron and I really felt God was calling us um, to move, to serve at a new church. And we spent months praying. I mean, months praying, probably more about than about this and anything else we had in our entire marriage up until then. And um, we said, yes, we said yes to that calling. And then Really, I mean, it's a crazy, crazy story. Last minute, God steps in and gives us a ginormous no. And I remember struggling after that so much of, God, did I miss you? Like, did we, can we not hear your voice? We really, we were really certain it was a yes that you were calling us here. And I remember one of the things that God taught me really specific after that was that we didn't miss his calling. Like we were still faithful walking one step in front of the other. And he said, no. And we said yes to that. No, just like we had said yes to that. Yes. And I remember thinking nothing changes about us making you known and giving you glory, even though we got a little confused here. I mean, I don't even think we got confused. I literally think God was like, yes, I want you to go. And then he was like, no, I don't want you to go. And that was hard for me because I thought I can't even hear from God. Like I just was following my own will. And it was a good lesson for me to see that God was going to lead us where he wanted us to go no matter what. And so I tell that story a lot just to encourage people. Like, I don't think you can miss God, God, like we can make mistakes and we can sin and we can do things that are not what he wants us to do. But I really think that God is really powerful and he is really going to help us get where we need to be. I also like that you were walking like there's there's like some room for for redirection. You know, like right. you guys mm-hmm. walked forward and you walked forward faithfully and then he changed the direction. And so you changed too. Like sometimes yeah. it's so scary making decisions because it's like when you guys were were praying about that, it's like, if we move to this other church, we have to stay there for the rest of our lives, you know? And it's right. like, that's yeah. not what we're talking about here. And you have no way of really knowing that. But, but like, there's always, even if you guys had ignored that no and like kept going, if you had gotten there and been like, well, we missed a no somewhere along the line. Like you can always make a change. Yeah. Yeah. This brings me a lot of peace. Yeah. So when it comes, so I, I love the thing about like following the need and following like what you're good at and where that coincides with where there are needs in the world. I think for some of us, we know what we're good at and we're trying to figure out what to do with that. For others of us, I feel like we don't totally know what our gifts are. Do you have any thoughts about like how to kind of start discerning that? Yeah. I mean, I think the number one way to start figuring that out is to serve. I like, I remember when I was in college, I went and worked at a Christian camp and I, at that point in my life was on track to get a teaching degree for elementary ed. And I went and volunteered that summer and served and had um, elementary students and came home and thought, well, that is not what I want to do with the rest of my life. Um, And there, you know what I mean? And there've been other times where I have, I remember at one point, early when we first moved to Austin, serving at another kid's camp in the summer and being in charge of all of the meals. And I remember I learned like I loved organizing and keeping things going and keeping things on track. And so I think a lot of times we over like we make it such a 
big thing of how do I need to know my gifts? And one of the best ways I found out things that I'm good at and things that I can bring to a local body like of our church or a community is by saying yes to serving. And again, you're not committing the rest of your, hopefully your service is not like I'm signing my rest of my life to this organization, yes. but you're saying, Hey, I would like to volunteer for the next six months. Where do you need, where, where's, what do you help? Do you need and get in there and serve and you'll find, I hate it. I love it. I'm good at it. I'm really bad at it. And then you'll start to figure out, Oh, this is what I enjoy. And this is what I'm good at. This is what I don't ever need to do again in my entire <laughs> life. Like I never need to serve on a finance committee because you know what? I'm never going to be good at that. Mm -hmm. Um, but there are other things that I could serve on. And so I really think getting out, serving, volunteering, taking up some leadership skills is where you really start to figure out, man, what am I good at? And what do I bring to the table? I really like that. So what about, you know, I know that there are also women listening who are like, I think I know what I'm good at. And I think I know what I want to be doing. But how do, like, I've heard this fear from so many women. It is just all over the place. How do I figure out if what I want is what I want or what God wants for me? Because I think that that can be kind of tricky. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that it can always be tricky. I mean, we could fill in the blank with anything. How do I know whether I'm supposed to marry this man or not? Yeah. How do I know what university I'm supposed to go to? You know, how do I know what school to send my kids to? Like that is just, I think, the story of our lives of going, how do I know if this is the right thing to do? And I think that there are a couple of ways that as Christians, we can really use to our advantage. Number one is being in scripture. Again, you're not going to see in scripture anywhere where it says, Stephanie, you should start a podcast or yes, Jamie, you should send your kids to public school and not private school. Like that's not going to be in there. But what is in there is that when we stay in the word, uh, we know God more, you know, we know his heart more. We have our hearts and our ears become more attuned to listening to him. And so I think that's one of the ways that we can do that. Another way that we can do that um, to help discern those things really is by surrounding ourselves with people who I always like to say, love God more than they love me, which means they're not here to puff up my ego. They're not here to tell me everything I want to hear. They're here to like love me and encourage me and point me to Jesus in ways that I might not be able to do that on my own. And if they love God more than they love me, they're always going to be there to point me to him and his truths more than like my, my own desires. Another thing I think too, that is just a little bit maybe overthought of, what if we just start walking down that path? Like what if if you're feeling like, man, I think God, I think I want to start this ministry. I really feel called to this group of people in our city and our community. I see that there's a need. Like I see that no one in my town is caring about the school lunch program for this specific school. I'm just throwing things out there. Yeah. And you have a heart for that. Like you look at this school and go, well, this is not okay that, you know, 50% of the students here are on live in government housing and we don't have school lunch program for them, we need to change something. So that's, you see a need, your heart is moved, you have a desire. I think we overthink it when we start going, I wonder if God wants me to do anything about this. Like, I wonder if God cares about these students. Well, of course he cares about these students because he cares about people and he cares about the least of these. And he wants us as followers of him 
to emulate and look like Jesus and what would Jesus do? And so a lot of times I think it's just like making those steps one after another, surrounding yourself with people who are going to be a great sounding board, who are going to point you to the truth, who love God and love you and want the best for you and your community and being in God's word. I think those are some things that can really help people figure out, is this what God is leading me to do? I love that. I love that. And I think that like our, in some, in some instances, I think that our desires are like pretty misleading. And I would say, I'm glad that you said the thing about like, should I marry this guy? Because I feel like my desires would have led me. I'd be, I would have been married 10 times by now. Like there, there are so right. many times yeah. where uh-huh. like, I'm just, I'm yeah. It's uh, my desires don't necessarily tell the truth when it comes to, yeah. you know, my high school boyfriend that I thought was the one. Right. Yeah. But I think that when it comes to our interests and yeah, seeing a need and feeling like I want to fill this need, our desires are a little more trustworthy than we give them credit for. Because like, I'll get an email from someone that, that says something like that. Yeah. Like I see this school lunch program that doesn't exist and I think it should, but like, I don't know if this is what God is leading me to. Like, I, I feel like we can, the fact that you're interested in that, the fact that you've noticed yeah. this problem, the fact that you have any mm-hmm. skills that can help at all, even if the only skill is just showing up, like that means something because we all, it's, I mean, I would be the worst doctor ever, worst nurse, worth like in any sort of healthcare role ever. I would be horrible and I, I'm not interested in it. I'm not good at it. I don't have any scientific skills at all. And so if someone listening does, that's different. Like we don't all have that. And so I just feel yeah. like that's a clue as to something that God has wired in you that isn't in all of us. So the fact that it is in you is worth listening to. I agree. I agree. So what about, I mean, you kind of addressed this, but I want to circle back to it because I know that there are women who are thinking, I know what I'm good at. I know what I want to do. I think that this is what God has for me. Like, I, you know, I'm getting some green lights here, I think, but I'm really scared of failure or I feel, I look around and other women are doing this and they're doing it so much better. It feels like, you know, seats taken. Like I just, I, I'm scared to step into it. Do you have any encouragement for for them? Yeah, I mean, I think we live in a really big world and there's enough seats for everybody at the table. In fact, yeah, like, I just really think that like you're, you're, you don't need to wait on an invite to be able to do something. I think that you have that invitation that God is offering you a space to to do what you're going to do best in this world. Um, I think the fear of failure, you know, this is a, a little bit different than what you're asking, but I understand this a little bit just from my work as podcasting and, and re- writing books and stuff is like, there's this idea that fail, like we think we're going to fail. I think it's because we have a confused idea of what it might look like to succeed. And so we would think to ourselves, success equals fill in the blank. And then that's what that would be for us. But I think that when we do that, then we get confused about being faithful to what God's called us or being successful to what the world says is a success. Does that make sense? And so if I think to myself, well, if I'm going to, I'm afraid of failing, well, does it mean you're afraid of being faithful to what God asked you to do, or you're afraid that you won't look like what someone else looks like who's also doing this? Because we have this idea that to be a success equals this, and the world tells us that. But I just want to push back and be like, there are some ideas of success that are totally always changing and completely man-made. And so if that's your ultimate goal is to reach that success, you will always fail because it will always change and 
the person in charge will then change the algorithm of what means success. But when you think I'm going to be faithful to what God asked me to do, no matter what, I think that's when you're successful is when you decide I'm going to look for faithfulness over what the world says is successful. That's so good. I love that. When it comes to our callings, do you think that they always have to coincide with our job? That's a good question. And golly, I was trying to think who I just recently interviewed someone on my own podcast and we talked about this. I'm going to tell you later so you can maybe check it out or put it in the show notes or something because I, I mean, I think that you can have a lot of different things that you are called to to do in your life. Like, you know, I gave you the example earlier about how for about three years I volunteered at our county jail. That wasn't my job by any means. It was a volunteer. You know, I think now as, as a podcaster and author, one of my giftings that God's given me is this ability to encourage women and ability to listen well. And I get to do both of those callings through my jobs through both of my jobs that I do in my life. And so on one hand, yes. But on the other hand, I think that we can put things in a box. And it's not to say that like your job doesn't matter and your job is not a part of your calling. Because I really think that where God puts us and the people that he has put in your life and the people you might be leading or working with, that you're called to those people as well. Like it's not just like I'm called to volunteer here. I'm called to work here. I think we're also called to the people that God puts in our lives. And sometimes that's through a job. Sometimes that's through a coffee shop that you visit every single Friday because you have your small group there and you get to know the barista because you are called to make him known and give him glory. And you get to do that wherever you want. And so I I don't necessarily know that I have like the perfect answer for you other than to say, I believe that with everything that you do in your life, there is a specific reason that you are there and a specific reason of why you are interacting with those people at that time, whether that be the Friday night coffee place that you, the Friday morning coffee place you go to, or the job, the cubicle that you sit at every single day. I love that. I love that. It seems like it's a kind of a a collection of things. You know, there are going to be some seasons where we have jobs where we're like, oh, like this. And I think maybe the further we get into our career, that's the hope that like we've narrowed down, like I'm good at this. I'm not good at this. Or we've climbed up a little bit in our company and, you know, we're just progressively narrowing in on things that we're good at and things we're, things we enjoy. But that's like, yeah, that's just a part of it. One thing that I, I really love, and he's done this for as long as I've known him, um, my husband coaches high school lacrosse in the spring. And he, some sometimes it's, I mean, I think he gets paid like maybe a little bit for it. So it's like, uh-huh. but it's mostly volunteer. Um, and he does, he, he's worked out his jobs for, you know, the last six years to allow him to leave a little bit early on, you know, weekdays in the spring so that he can go coach. And it's just really cool. Like he's, lacrosse is not his job but it's something he's really interested Mm. in and these boys aren't he's not like bound to them by his you know salary or anything but he loves investing in them and so that's just this like kind of side thing he's always done and really enjoyed and made a big difference in these you know kids lives but it's not his job it's not his work yep yep i think that opens things up a little bit which is really helpful i do too Jamie, I would love it if just like, as we're wrapping up, if you could just spend some time praying for us, just anyone who's sitting here and feeling confused or lost or stuck or wanting to take some sort of next step, but feeling intimidated by it. Can you just pray for us? My gosh, I would love to do that so much. Oh God, this is something that can, we can spend hours trying to figure out what are you asking us to do? And 
first of all, for the woman that's listening, I'm, I'm just thankful that thankful that we're asking, thankful that we want to do what you want us to do. I'm um, thank you that her heart is desiring to seek you and know you uh, and serve you uh, in her community, in her home, in her workplace, in her school, in her university, whatever that might look like. So God, I just want um, to thank you for all the women that are listening who are desiring that. And I I know a couple of things about you. And number one is that you you don't forget your people. You haven't forgotten us. You haven't forgotten her. And God, you were faithful to us. You were faithful to us in our smallest amount of faithful to you is that you will never be unfaithful to us. It's not in your character. And so God, I just pray for all of the women that are listening that are really trying to figure out what is the next thing for me? What is my next step? God, would you bring people into their life to affirm that? God, would you would you speak to their hearts in the ways that only you can do? Uh, would you um, allow them to really, really trust you and sense in the way that you're moving in their in their lives, in their organizations, in their ministries, in their families, in ways that only you can. Um, God, I thank you ahead of time for what you're going to do. Um, and I just pray for the women that are listening, that they will seek you first, that they will seek you first, and then you will do the rest. Um, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jamie, thank you so much for coming back on the show. I just love having you. You're so welcome. Thank you. You guys, isn't Jamie amazing? I just love her and I love this conversation and I am so happy I got to share it with you. One thing I wanted to mention quickly is that I know we talked about a lot in today's episode. And so if you want to find the links to any of those things, all you have to do is go to my website. It's girlsnightpodcast.com and for every episode, we'll have a blog post with the show notes. All the links will be there for everything we talked about, including all of Jamie's contact info so you guys can pick up a copy of her new book and check out her amazing podcast, The Happy Hour. The other thing I wanted to mention is that if you haven't had a chance yet, it would mean so much to me if you'd take a quick second to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. We've gotten so many amazing five-star reviews from y'all and you've left the sweetest comments. I cannot tell you how much it means to me. It also helps out the podcast more than you can imagine. So if you haven't yet, please take just one quick second to leave us a rating and a review. Thank you so much. All right, friends, that's all we have for today. We'll be back next week with another episode of Girls Night and I'll see you then. 